rake out that blanket, and take a nice long drive. It's time for Architecture, Coffee, and Ink. Hello, this is Hollywood C, and you're listening to Architecture, Coffee, and Ink, a podcast dedicated to introducing concepts, detailing out designs, and tackling the architecture you might not realize the meaning behind. I'm your hostess, and I'm here today to start introducing you to the designs that make you wonder why. So I ask you to brew your coffee, grab your sketchbook and pen, and let's begin. Hello everyone, today is a brand new day. I kind of feel like I need to crawl in and offer IOU notes for coffee dates and missing episodes, but I do have a reason that everything has been late. But first, welcome to everybody, both old and new. If you have been here a while or this is your first episode, I hope you enjoy. If this is your first episode, this is actually a really good time to start because this is a new episode and isn't connected to anything else. Thank you to everyone who reached out and asked what's been going on. Funnily enough, they were writing to ask if I was feeling bad again and if that's why I was backtracking on the releases that I am working on. And the truth is, yes, I was sick again because my coffee was poisoning me. Okay. It wasn't literally poisoning me, but it was mislabeled and I was allergic to one of the ingredients, which I have to be honest with you, while I'm glad to know what has been going on, I also feel like I have been betrayed on a level I cannot comprehend. Caffeine and I have been together through three degrees come May, so to know that it has come to this is more than I can bear. But truthfully, I strayed and tried out a new brand, so I guess this is why you shouldn't cheat. I would like to politely vote to strike February from the official 2022 calendar. Thank you. Next. Please, February, we can try again next year. A bonus episode was released in February called Once Upon a Scruffy City. And for some of you, you may have missed the release because I have discovered that on some platforms, when an episode is labeled bonus, it doesn't alert the listeners. So make sure to double check that you weren't one of those who missed out on the first part of the next chapter of my thesis. All joking aside, I'm going to have to take a moment to focus on a more serious topic. I have no doubt my listeners have been following the news in the past couple weeks and are aware of the fighting ongoing between the Ukraine and Russia. I will be sharing some information on ways to help with with war relief efforts from the Red Cross and a few others. If you can and feel called to donate and help, the information will be on the Facebook page and group. I know that for some of my listeners, podcasts are a way to escape news and the reality just for a few hours, but please at least send a kind thought, good karma, prayer, well wish to all those who are affected by what is going on. If you ever know of similar efforts or would like to share a cause that I am not aware of, please always feel free to share them. But please remember that wars may be waged by the governments, 
but the casualties are always people. As I am releasing three episodes this week, this message is going to be released in all three episodes that are coming out. So please, if you are able, see what efforts you can assist with that are in your area. But this week is going to focus on one of the many episodes I've promised, the Norwegian Scenic Routes. This is a project that we talk about all the time in my school, and we absolutely love to study it. So I am really excited to share it with everyone today. Before we dive in, this is a good moment to remind everyone to always check your sources, check your facts, and more importantly, check me. Also, please double check the pronunciation, especially this week. I always try my best and research them, but since this is not a language I speak, I encourage everyone to search out ways to hear the correct pronunciation. I mean absolutely no disrespect when I say it incorrectly and want to make sure that the proper respect is given to each culture I share and discuss in the past, present, and future of this podcast. As I told one of my students this week, I am here to share and collaborate and struggle through countless YouTube videos trying to correctly pronounce the words. So under the episode title, I called this project the Norwegian Scenic Route, which is more the name that you see in the English translations. But from my understanding is not the exact translation of the name. The true name is National Tourist Vige, which translates closer to National Tourist Roads. For the sake of covering all of my bases, I chose to include both names in the title of the episode. So, what is the scenic route? While, as you may have guessed, this route is located across Norway, the first part of this episode is going to talk about the brief history of Norway itself before we move on to the scenic route. I know that we have at least a couple of Norwegian listeners, so I'm expecting a grade on how bad my pronunciation is. Now, instead of going all the way back into prehistory for this episode, we are actually going to focus on more recent history, relatively speaking. First, let's set some vocabulary. Since not all my listeners are familiar with the differences, please bear with me as I explain this if some of you are. So let's talk about the difference between Norse, Norwegian, and Nordic. So Norse is what is currently trending in pop culture and focuses primarily on the Vikings and can be focused on the years from 793 to 1066. This includes several modern day countries, not just Norway, and it would be fairer to say that it focuses on Scandinavia. So this does include Marvel's favorite Norse gods, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, and my personal favorite, Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Of course, the true mythology of the Norse gods is very different than what the big screen shows. And when I eventually discuss a Norse ruin, I will totally dive into that. Or perhaps add an extra to the Religions of the World episodes that I'm working on. We'll see. But Nordic covers everything within the Nordic regions. And the time range associated with that is starting from 1919 to now. So if you look at a map, this is multiple countries around the Arctic Circle and the July isotherm from Greenland through Finland. There is a Nordic association or Fordiani Norden, 
of which the name comes from. Norwegian, which is our focus, is going to be from the country of Norway, which timeline-wise is from the Middle Ages through today, with independence being declared in 1905, which I will explain in just a little bit. In addition to being important to today's episode, hopefully that helps to answer a listener's question they left on the website. They didn't leave a name or email, so please get back in touch if you need a little bit more clarification. So the Kingdom of Norway is located on the Scandinavian Peninsula and includes several archipelagos and islands, which there are several oversea territories and dependencies as well. Although some islands is a bit of an understatement, as there are roughly 50,000 plus islands just along the coast. Among the list of nationally recognized languages is Norwegian, Sami, Kievan, Romani, Gendoriomani, and Norwegian Sign Language, with an estimated population of 5,405,000 people, currently underneath King Harald V and Prime Minister Jonas Garstova, the 36th to serve. Geographically, the majority of the residents are concentrated to the coastal areas and lower part of the country. Oslo, the capital, was established roughly 6,000 years ago. Currently, the country boasts several exports, including crude petroleum, petroleum gas, fish, and raw materials. Research-wise, they have produced some of the world's renowned scientists, including names such as Henrik Avel, for whom the Avel Prize is named, and 13 Nobel laureates. Of course, this has nothing on the beautiful scenery and diverse geography from the forts to the mountains to the, to the Fendoskavian Shield. While I will post pictures as I always do of the locations on the blog, this is a great time to check out the sources. Among the travel guide and the various websites is a series of photos of breathtaking locations. Of course, I love travel and landscapes in general, and I have yet to find anywhere I don't like. So take a look and decide for yourself. Like other locations up north, the Northern Lights are a strong feature you can check out when visiting the country. Well, wrap up the back history with the bullet points of the facts about the country itself. So it was actually part of the Denmark kingdom for a while after being united for the first time in the 11th century before it was transferred to Sweden and then from Sweden it gained its independence in 1905. That's why earlier I stated that the time period for Norway extended before 1905. The last topic to discuss is the Sami people who are native to Norway, Sweden, Russia, and Finland. Their language, as I mentioned earlier, is one of the national languages and a Finno-Ergic language. While they are most commonly known for reindeer herding, it is estimated that only 10% are actually involved. They are experiencing a threat to their way of life across all of the regions they call home due to economic development, things like that. While some are settled down, some are semi-nomadic and travel with the herd. But one of the buildings from my coolest buildings list is the Sami Parliament which is located in, in Hedersrock, Finland, and is shaped to be like their tent, the Lavo. Of course, the beautiful art and their clothes and the patterns is all amazing. And again, if you have a chance to do some extra research, please, please choose this episode to spiral down an image search rabbit hole. 
Although this is where I am supposed to name drop the movie Frozen, but I really cannot tell you how much I don't want to be sued as a broke graduate student, and I took way too big of a risk with the name dropping I have already done. Okay, now that I have set the scene and created the backdrop of history, let's talk about the project itself. So, all of the photos for this episode, unless otherwise stated on the blog, are from the National Torres Vega website, and a link to all images will be posted so that everyone can see the original. But the Norwegian scenic routes are a series of 18 driving routes that are managed by the Norwegian Public Roads Administration, kicked off in 1993 with the aims of combining roads and tourism. It has utilized a series of government departments. Overall, there will be 4.85 billion Norwegian Kron put into this project, which equals 550 million USD or 506,566,500 euros or 63,506,300,000 yen invested into the project from 1994 to 2029. The majority of the money will come directly from the Ministry of Transport and Communications, and the rest will be from the local municipalities. This project takes place under the Director General of the Norwegian Public Roads Administration. The routes, which are also called the Golden Routes, are spread around the entire country, and looking at the most rural parts of the communities are designed to boost the economy through tourism. However, a car is required. While some of the areas are able to be reached by bus, to see all of the sites and locations, you will have to use cars. All of the major routes are paved and include infrastructure, including what is considered the world's best toilets. The highlight ra- highlighted routes are scattered along the Norwegian Sea and spread along the entire country from top to bottom, with a larger concentration being focused on the bottom half. Altogether, it is 2,151 kilometers. This includes the west coast, northern Norway, and mountains of southern Norway. The original idea came out in 1993, and it started in 1994, and was changed in 1997 to the National Tourist Routes when it was expanded. The original route were the Aiglan Coast Route, the Gom Le Stream Versleg, Padangre, Song Lefes Vagen, and Songlefest Bayan. Once they decided to expand, they had the municipalities around the country nominate the roads to join the project, resulting in a total of 8,000 kilometers that got selected down to the final 1,850 kilometers that was finally decided upon in 2004, with signed postings coming out in 2012. Okay, let's break all of this down into a timeline in a quick bullet points list. 1994 to 1997 was considered the pilot program. 1998 was the go ahead to continue the project. 1998 to 2004 was the clarification of the project. 2004 to now is the development of the project. And then 2024 is the maintenance. The employees, and they list 15 total, are primarily scattered across three different locations. The routes themselves are a nationwide project that utilizes three different councils, an architecture council, a designated arts curator, an arts council, and a scenic routes forum. Currently, there is eight 
county administrators, and 59 municipalities involved. And the currently ongoing project is projected to be finally completed in 2023. Along each of these routes is a series of artworks and architecture and heralds back to the long-standing tradition wherein Norway has focused on invoking and enhancing nature, allowing for an enhanced experience. The majority of the artwork and architecture comes from Norwegian firms, however, several international guests have been allowed to contribute. What remains repeated throughout the website is that there is an emphasis on, quote, innovation and creativity, end quote. There is a long-standing history of wards starting from 1998 through as recently as last year. And seriously, how could this project not? It covers beautiful terrain in a thought-provoking way that honors the history and the people. The program offers enough flexibility and that the differences enhances without detracting from the project. So, so from the Norwegian Scenic Routes website, the 18 routes are as followed, listed in order, from their website. And when I go over this list, I'm also gonna go ahead and give you guys a little extra information, just kind of a list of what the name of the route is, the length, and then the elevation. And then if there is anything particularly interesting that I wanna pull out and talk to you about in particular, I will do that as well. All right, first up is Varanya, which is, quote, a drive in the, in the fluctuating light of the ocean and sky towards the expansive ocean and unique rock landscape. So this is actually going to be the topmost of the routes. Um, and as we go through the routes, they're going to gradually move south. Um, so we're basically going to go from closest to the Arctic Circle to closest to mainland Europe. And so this route is actually going to have a total length of 160 kilometers and a difference in elevation from 0 to 123. Um, this one I really love looking at the photos of. There's normally a lot of beautiful winterscapes um, where the horizon kind of disappears into the photos. Um, and it really, a lot a lot of the photos are a play of negatives and positive space, which is something that I'm very interested in. The second route is Havesen, which is the furthest north, quote, and um, this is going to be a mixture and a way to kind of reach over into the Finnmark colonies. And so this structure and image that you see a lot of is a mixture of like roads right next to the water. And then it's like normally a lot of cliff faces up next to it. Um, obviously, I'm speaking in very general terms because not all the photos are like that. Um, and not all of the area is like that. This is just kind of a general overview of each site. The next is Senya, which is um, a series of different landscapes. And so the total length is 102 kilometers and the difference in change is going to be up to 287. Um, and this landscape is a lot greener. The previous ones are a little bit more um, stark. There is green, do not get me wrong, but the photography starts to become a little bit more vibrant um, the further south you move. And this one has my favorite building, which is a rest stop that is a um, gold-plated service facility. So it is a restroom, but it is dragon scales. I cannot describe it any other way. It looks like dragon scales. And I just love the contrast that the gold of the building has on the surrounding landscape around it, um, particularly the like roughness of the texture. It's not really
really rough, but my mind is superimposing that idea of roughness based off of just the way it looks. And so it complements really nicely the kind of like cliffs behind it and the kind of like rugged exposed edges of that building versus the like smoother grass texture around it. And I do not know why that is my favorite building, but I love it. Next is Onreya, which is kind of where you get um, the Norwegian Sea moving up into the landscape, I think is a good way to describe it. They have a kind of similar language about it. So the length is 58 kilometers and the elevation is up to 65. And so this one has a lot of more beach, well, kind of beach, scenes. Um, a lot more rocks directly into the water. Um, the boundary between the two, I feel like, is being played with in the landscape. I feel like one of the advantages of this location and this entire project is that they allow the geography to kind of become its own architectural element um, through its own natural design. I guess you could say not that anybody was designing this or designing a mountaintop as the ocean, but um, by allowing the landscape to speak and kind of embracing the natural curves and the natural viewpoints with this, I feel like that was a really strong move. Um, this would be the moment where if I was like critiquing a portfolio project, I would encourage the student to not, th this would be that moment where I politely inform them that while I appreciate their dedication to commercialism, this isn't the moment to do it. So next is Lofot Lofoten, which has a length of 230 kilometers and an elevation up to 59. And so this one is the best description, I feel like, of all the pictures, um, is talking about the like jagged peaks rising from the expansive ocean. So for this site, or for this route, the description is, quote, along the wall of jagged peaks rising from the expansive ocean, end quote. And looking through these photos, I can't help but agree. Um, this is a very, very clear, sharp, change um, with the mountains coming <laughs> right up to the edges of the ocean. The next one is Hegelong Schussen, which is going to be a mixture of mountains and glaciers and archipelagos and lush coast. And so it's going to be a total of 433 kilometers and to an elevation of 364. And the thing is that it is going to take six ferry routes. So if you are not big on boats, this is not the route for you. You can go on parts of it, I believe, but to complete the entire trail, you'll have to kind of go up and around. Um, what is so great about this particular one is you have really lush, green, immediate foreground in a lot of where you're traveling. And then you get a lot of that still background of the mountains um, through the photos. Next is Alatar Hasvayan, which is going to be, quote, the road across the sea. So this is the one that they listed the most iconic. And I'm going to have to agree because I feel like this is the photo that if you type into Google, this is the first thing that pops up. And then the photo is the one where there are two landforms and a bridge in between it. And the bridge is a very simple bridge. It's just got like a single big, large arc in the center, post down, and then a secondary arches to each um, land mass. And it's a very long route, but I think that if you're going to point at any one picture, this is the one where there's a lot of dramatic photos of like the cars going across the bridge and the water like cascading up and on and the waves hitting it. And it does have a lot of wreaths and inlets and things like that. 
So next is Yarang Trolls Vegan. Not vegan, that's not right. Yarang Trolls Vegan. So this road is going to be uh, 104 kilometers long um, from 0 to 1034. It's going to have one ferry and it does have a winter notice. So you will have to double check the seasons and if the roads are safe when you're driving up and down it. Um, but it has some beautiful roads through the um, mountainside. And one of the features that I really enjoy is they created this out overlook um, that has um, some water cascading down um, underneath where you're walking and then across underneath this like yellow glass and then down onto I'm assuming onto the river below. I've only ever seen the photos taken from on top. I've never actually seen any of the photos down below looking up, um, but I have seen photos with boats traveling this particular part of the water. So I know that it is possible and I will one day find these photos. Next, we have Gam Le Stream Volkswagen. So this is going to be a length of 27 kilometers and it's going to be elevations from 465 to 1139. This one is going to be the previous one. We kind of started to move into Norway and this is going to kind of continue that trend. Um, so the one thing that they mention a lot and you can see a lot in the photos is stone walls and the guard stones as well as um, the old railroads, old railways. So this is what I would feel like is a good one to focus on. Um, so this road actually started to be built by manual labor. Um, so it does have a historical aspect that I feel like the other roads also have, but this is more the focus, whereas the other ones, there's additional scenery and moments. Um, this one is more um, the fact that the walls were actually hand-built themselves is part of the journey. Um, whereas the previous roads we looked at were, that wasn't always the case. The next is Rondona, which is uh, along the Blue Mountains. Um, this is a length of 75 kilometers and is from 700 to 1060. And so this one, I feel like you get a lot of photos of the snow in. Um, and there are some photos of the greenery. This is another spot that has a really famous moment where you kind of are like in between these kind of walkways with these high walls that are in with the like, I think these are pine trees in between. And then you kind of go and overlook the water down below. So this is actually part of the national park um, and has up to 2000 meter high summits included in the region. And this is actually the first national park in Norway. Among this, I feel like you get a mixture of buildings um, and it's considered a really good starting point for hikes. So if you're interested in starting off with nice, easy hikes, 
this is actually a good trail to kind of check out as like a good starting point to move through. Next is Song Nufella, which has a total length of 108 kilometers and it goes everywhere from zero to 1,434. It does also have a winter notice um, and has a lot of cultural landscapes involved with this location. So one of the things is that this area is tagged as kind of like the gateway to Jotunheim. And so for many of you Norse history buffs, you'll recognize the name as the home of giants. And again, this particular area, you can really kind of see the giants or the sleeping mountains in the background. Um, and it's not hard to imagine why this area would be the home of giants. Next is Valdespira, which is a length of 49 kilometers and takes place from 890 to 1389. And this also is in the also attached to the Jotunheim as well. Um, so basically the previous road is closer to the coast, the western coast. And this road that we're talking about right now now is closer to um, the east. And so basically Jotunheim is located kind of in the middle in between. So you're going to be able to basically dance around the home of the giant. Next is going to be Gerlafeya, which is going to be a length of 114 kilometers and from zero to 784. After that, we have Alansferia, which has a length of 47 kilometers and goes from zero to 1,380 elevation, 308 elevation. After that is Hadanya, which has a length of 158 kilometers and an elevation from zero to 275. And then we have Hardanya Vida, which is a length of 67 kilometers and goes from zero to 1,250 elevation Y. Next, we have Refrigia, which has a length of 260 kilometers, goes from zero to 972 elevations and crosses two ferries. And finally, we have Yaren, which goes has a length of 47, 41 kilometers and goes from zero to 35. Now, for the future goals, starting in 2022, there will be an additional 11 projects added. As you can tell, this project continues to develop and grow. So, among the new additions to the projects are the work of Helen and Hard, Code et Tectora, Biotope, and Snowheda. But once again, a big thank you to all my listeners. I know I say this every week, but please rate and review. If you liked it, loved it, hated it, let me know. I love feedback and hearing from everyone and more importantly, sparking conversation. We again have a Facebook page and private group, both of which are under the same name, Architecture Coffee and Inc., which is again, a pretty young podcast. Architectureinc.design.blog is the website and everything will be linked in the show notes. Now, later on, I'll be posting the other two episodes the Panoptical Penitentiary, and Killing Stones and Sulphur Springs. Please be on the lookout. I have already scheduled those episode releases, so I know that while in the past month I have struggled, I can finally and confidently say that that is behind me. I'll be posting the transcript and some images on the blog later in the afternoon, so please keep an eye out for that. But as always, may your coffee mugs be full and your inkwells never run dry.